Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of The Water Cooler. Glad to be back with y'all. Be sure to go follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. About to have a YouTube channel dropping, so more on that updates to be soon. And yeah, just subscribe, all that stuff. Leave out, what's the performance of the day? What's up, what's up? How's it going, dude? And I'm going to take this one back a long, long time ago. Over 100 years ago. So 1874, May 14th, or well, May 14th, Wait, is, this, is this golf? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. So in 1874, May 14th, McGill and Harvard Universities met at Cambridge in Massachusetts for the first college football game to charge admissions. So today in history is the first time a college football game was ever brought with people together to be paid for tickets and the admissions paid for and all that stuff, which started what we see now is one of the greatest sports of all time is college football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my performance of the day. It's kind of crazy. College football is the second biggest sport in the country yeah. besides professional football. Yeah. Like, I would say, like, surely college mm-hmm. football is more popular than the NBA, don't you think? It's mm-hmm. definitely more popular than MLB these yeah, days. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And NBA maybe that's kind of hard because, like... Top three for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. like. But another thing is if the college football expands their playoffs and makes it a bigger... More teams come, makes it a bigger thing, then I think eventually they, that could be the number one sport. Like, college football is just... Dude, everyone prepares for those weekends. See, I kind of like the college football playoff because mm-hmm. this really is just, like... There's no, like, eight seed yeah. where they're in the playoffs, but you know they don't get a shot. Like, it's kind of like just the teams that you think can pull off yeah. an upset. Very and even true. if they're not the favorite, like, there's still, like, maybe. There's a chance. Like, no, nobody thought the Hawks were making the no, finals yeah. this year. Like, no. yeah. Exactly. But speaking of the NBA playoffs, we've had a lot of oh, action happen gosh. since we last, last sat down and talked. The main things, uh, the Heat advance, yep. and so did the Warriors, yep. the Bucks and Celtics. That limb's still hanging on for you. Mm-hmm. 3-3 series. Mm-hmm. Going to be uh, the decider tomorrow, right? Yep. I believe they play then, like 8, 3-30, something like that. Phoenix and Dallas also going yep. to 7. Mm-hmm. And I'm very surprised on that, to be honest with you, too, because, dude, the Suns are, have so many, like, really good players, like, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, CP3, Jay Crowder. Well, that's the thing. I mean, CP3 ain't been playing like CP3 no, these CP3's last couple days. Like dog, sh- excuse my French, but you know what I'm saying. He's been playing like. So crap. here's his stat line for had- the last uh, four games: twelve points, five points, seven points, thirteen points. Yeah, and you know CP3, he's the magic man with the ball in his hand, but he hasn't been doing the assists either. Turnovers. He's got four assists, seven assists, ten assists, which is decent, and four assists this most recent game. His turnovers yeah. are absurd right now. Like, he's, he's probably averaging just about as many turnovers as he is rebounds, per se. Like, he's looking like Russell Westbrook out yeah, there. <laughs> for real. But, no, I think, like, I don't know if it's father time or if he's playing injured or what it is, but if he doesn't get into shape... He's I'm kind of worried about Phoenix. He'll never win a ring if he can't shape up. If he can't step up this game and be the CP3 that he has to be and the leader and the the bad member that he can be, they're not going to win if he doesn't do that. No, definitely not unless Devin Booker can just throw him on his back and lead him to where he needs to take him to. I love how 
Devin Booker and Luka go at it so much. Like, dude, I love seeing that the intensity and all that stuff that they bring to the table every game. It just it makes basketball fun watching again. Like NBA playoffs, it's always fun to watch, but especially when they're trash talking, mm-hmm. throwing jaw, like throwing elbows, throwing jabs at each other. Like, bro, that's when it gets fun to watch right there. Yeah, I saw Luca was laughing, running mm-hmm. up and down the court. He's yeah. just clowning on Phoenix, yeah. which is how it should be. It made, like you said, mm-hmm. it makes the game more fun. Yeah. But so, what's your prediction for the game seven? <clears throat> I think, I think we'll dang. It's gonna be at Phoenix, which is it's it's hard for Luca and them to win. I was about to say this has been a home Phoenix. court yeah. series it's, right it's here. It's at Phoenix, which doesn't make me happy about that. But I mean. I think the Suns figure it out. I think they really CP3 clamps down for a couple quarters and does what he needs to do to get them by. I don't know, though, because the Mavericks have these low-key guys out of nowhere coming averaging 20, 25 points. Like, what the heck, you know? Like, for example, Jalen Brunson or Dorian Finney-Smith dropped 24 points on seven threes the other night. That Reggie Bullock. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's those kind of guys that, like, and for Luca to even make it this far, for the Mavs to even make it this far with who they have, that's awesome. Like that, that makes you happy because at the end of the day, like you don't expect Luca to be in the playoffs with the other four players or the other ten players that are on that roster well, that actually. This play. is the first time he's made it past the first round, isn't it? That's a good question. I think I think it is. It's a good question. Well, we'll have to fact check that we sometime check next that. week, but I'm pretty sure it is. Which sucks for us Hawks fans out there, because if the Mavericks do win, Trey can't hold that Eastern Conference Finals appearance over his head anymore. Yeah. But true. I'd have, I bet Phoenix to win at the start. I bet they make it to the finals. Now the finals prediction, I'm not feeling too confident about. But I'll stick with my bet. I'll take Phoenix for Game Seven too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, just and because then, it's at home. I don't see them getting beat. At home like that, and I don't, I don't see it happening. But I do see the Celtics kicking ass and taking names, baby. I see it happening. I don't think, I don't think the Bucks are gonna win Game Seven. I really don't. I don't, I don't know why. I just had that feeling and that good feeling that Jason Tatum, he may drop thirty-five. Jalen Brown has a twenty-five piece. Al Harford has a twenty piece. Mm-hmm. You know, those three guys right there, they are. They're unstoppable when they're hot. Like they, just those three alone can win a game for anybody. But another thing is Drew Holiday. If he's on, and Giannis is on, I was about to say this. I think this is going to be one of those legacy-defining games yeah, for Giannis. For real, because for me, I don't see if they do get past the Celtics. I don't think the Heat will give them much problem. Which, that will be interesting given how things went down in the bubble. You know, the Heat and Giannis have some history there. But I think he exercised those demons last year when they swept the Heat. I think it'll be more of the same. I think Giannis just has to give one of those career-defining performances tomorrow. You think he drops 50? I think he'll drop over 40. Mm. And What's the over-under on him going 50? I have no idea. But... I'm banking on Giannis being that guy, and I think he will be, so I'm sticking with the Bucks. But, I don't know, if it's basically Giannis versus the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I know he's got some good backup pieces too, but he's the one who really pulls the load scoring. Yeah. Like, if Giannis drops 45, 
but Tatum drops 30 and Jalen Brown drops 20, like, that'll be tough. Yeah. But I think it'll be a close game. They need Drew Holiday to play like he did the last game. Yeah. Like, if, if you guys watch that, then you'll, you'd know what we're talking about. Not even just the last two plays of the game, but just all game, all, you know, those free throw line three, or three free throw line jumpers getting to the basket, getting free throws, like just being able to constantly put the ball in the basket and play defense like it's your last game mm-hmm. ever. That's what Drew Holiday is so good at. And I feel like you know, in elimination, elimination games, he is going to absolutely just, he's either going to put the team on his back or he's going to fold under the pressure. And I've never seen him fold under the pressure, which scares me picking the Celtics because like, why, why would you pick against someone you know who has as a force to not wreck with like why would you do that but at the same time it's almost like dude he had one good performance and this is to go about not just for uh, Drew Holiday I'm gonna get off topic right here for a second not just Drew Holiday but for in general like you see some of these guys having good game like they'll have a really good game then next game they'll come back and do dookie brain they'll be sitting on the sideline <laughs> half the game and then you're like what the hell why'd I put my money on you tonight you know what I'm saying <laughs> But with Drew Holiday, I feel like it's different. Um, I feel like, especially in elimination games, I feel like he's just absurd. But for some reason, like I've been saying this whole time, I just see I see J- J- Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Harford. I feel like those three are going to have a huge night, and it's going to be something that people weren't expecting at all. But when it happens, you're going to be like, damn, it's, it's, it's finally their turn. Yeah, I mean, if it is their time to, ba- to break through, this has been a moment in the making since they took LeBron to seven mm-hmm. in the conference finals. Was it 2018, right? Yep. And I remember this kind of reminds me of the series in a way in which the Cavs were the favorite that year to just make the finals and weren't expected to get much uh, resistance. And they ended up, you know, the Pacers took them to seven that first uh, round series. And that was a shock. And the Celtics ended up taking them to seven. And people, I remember saying, like, this might be. Like they might do it, they might end LeBron's yeah. final streak. Didn't end up happening. And so I think it'll be more the same. I think Giannis is in that LeBron role now. Yes. And I think he might have it in him to put it off. But one thing in this series I think makes all the difference though is the lack of Chris Middleton. Yes. They're the Bucks are yeah. if he was in this series, I don't think it'd be I, going. I seven. wouldn't have picked the Celtics to win the series if he was in. I really wouldn't have. Because he really Giannis is the muscle in that team, but Chris Middleton's like the heart and soul, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think it but like you're saying, dude, it's it's literally just Giannis to score the ball. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe or Drew Yeah, Drew Bledsoe Drew, Drew Holiday. Holiday. Sorry, God, Drew Bledsoe. Drew Holiday to lead the team and it's Chris Middleton who gives them the heart to finish the games and stuff like yeah. that. Like it's, it's it's exactly how it is. That's how they win games. And for them not to have Middleton, that kind of, you are right, it gives them an even more of a reason to go out there and bust their ass because they know they're going to have to. Yeah, but speaking of the Celtics, Kyrie had a lot to say about him oh, over yeah. the week. Dude, he was John. He, he went on Twitch, which everybody seems to do these days when they get put out of the playoffs. They mm-hmm. just start... Twitching, streaming, <laughs> make, probably making more money than they do on oh, the podcast. But he was making fun of Celtics fan, calling them cockroaches and all this stuff. And I really don't get where the beef between Kyrie and the Celtics fans come from. Like, I don't know. It's, once he left, and the way he left was just 
I don't know, it was wild. Like, the way he did all that and the way he left them and just said pretty much F you guys. Like, I yeah. know when he was there, he really wasn't doing too hot. He wasn't getting the recognition that he wanted from the fans and stuff. And so that automatically just, like, pushed him out. Mm-hmm. But when, when you leave based on fans yelling at you or getting on your butt about playing bad, that's your own fault. It's like the same thing at the West Brick. Yeah, Stuff like, dude, it's your own fault. Okay, like, instead of going out and shooting 10 threes a game, start driving the basket like you used to. Mm-hmm. Take your shoulder, take it right to the big man's chest, get your foul. If you miss your free throw, okay, at least make the layup. Like, oh my gosh, and they're complicated. They make it so complicated. And it's like with everything these days. It's just people make it so complicated, and they're, oh, I don't want to cross any lines. I don't want to mm-hmm. go too hard, or I don't want to do this too bad and make everybody upset. F that, dude. Like, go ball out like go make what you're worth instead of having everybody talk crap about you have everybody like a pity party quit mm-hmm. doing that crap like go out and freaking ball it's like Giannis whenever uh somebody was nervous about being at the free throw line remember last year in like one of the mic'd up huddles he was like dude I airball free throws all the time mm-hmm. like you can't let that stuff bother you, you yeah, just gotta no. go out there and you gotta keep doing what it is that yeah. you do best see the, one of my favorite things about Giannis too is he'll drop 40 and then he'll come back in the post-game interview and be like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to get a role in the team. You know, I'm just trying to be a team player. I'm just trying to get some more minutes. Like, he's just that kind of guy. And you got to love Giannis. Like, I, in my opinion, he'll go down as one of the off-court and on-court, one of the greatest people. Yeah. Not play And players, too. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not one of the great players, but. Just one of the greatest people to ever come through the NBA. In He's general. like a Tim Duncan type. Yeah. Literally. Where like, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Mm-mm. Tim Duncan. Nope. Because I don't think there's anything bad to say. But back to Kyrie, I just think he left Cleveland because he wanted to go somewhere and like have his own team. Mm-hmm. And if anything, over the last, man, I guess it's been like five years now, has proved five or six years, it's proven that he's just not that guy. He's not the leader of a team. And he failed in Boston, and the fans, rightfully so, gave him flack for it. And somehow he did them wrong, yeah. but he's mad at them. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny too, though. He was saying on that stream how he like, I don't smoke, man. People saying I'm doing all this and that, like yeah. I don't smoke. And it's like he might not, but he yeah, sure acts like, like it. Sounds <laughs> like it. Sounds like you've been hitting that thing a time or two. That is hilarious, though. But another thing about that whole situation is like dude you're making so much money that like I get it people like cuss at you yell at you call you names call your mom this call your dad that call your grandma family this and that I get that dude you're making 30 million a year if you think Bobby Johnson over here who paid $350 out of his check that's probably 750 bucks he paid three fifty for a ticket to come watch you and yell at you. And you're making thirty million, and that bothers you. You need help. Does that make sense? Like you yeah. need the help. Like you really need mental help right there. Because if you're letting Bobby Johnson get under your skin so bad that you you f this, I'm out. You know, I, I never want to play for this team again. I don't want anything to do with this team again. Dude, the guy can barely afford the ticket to get in. You know, he can't pay his car payment this month because he he bought the ticket to come Joe and Kyrie. Yeah. I know, and, right? and if that gets under your skin so bad, you need to go somewhere and get help because that's ridiculous. Ripping on Kyrie is the peak of Bobby <laughs> Johnson's month. Like. You know what I mean? And, like, for him to get upset with that and for him to, like, look at these fans and be like, oh, you guys are so disrespectful, this and that. Like, dude, what are we here for? Do you want us to say great job when you score four points and shoot 
three of 19 from the field and 12% from the free throw. Like, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to congratulate you or do you want to do the right and thing? I think as a you? player, you can either thrive on that kind of stuff yeah. or you can let it affect you. Mm-hmm. It seems like Kyrie is the type where it affects him. Anything. And like, I think players like even Luca, which I know it's the opposing fans that are clowning him, mm-hmm. but Luca gets off on getting booed. Mm-hmm. He loves it. And I mean, like somebody like a like a Kobe. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if the Lakers started booing Kobe? You think he would have left? No. He would have been like, "All right, I'll he see what y'all saying." He would have had a video made of him laughing at everybody and been like, "Guess what? I'm about to win a ring, and when I do, none of you guys can cheer for us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Come again." Yeah. It wasn't the Mets one year, like, uh, in baseball, when they booed their own team because they sucked so bad. That wasn't too long ago, either. That was, like, last season, I think. I know what you're talking about. And, yeah, it looks like they turned it around. Dude, a lot. But before we get into any of that, we still got to talk about the Grizzlies getting put out. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they they were up by 50 in Game 5. That's crazy. For game, game 4, Game 5, whichever one it was, they were up by 50. At one point, and I was watching it, but at some point I just had to cut it off for like fifty points. And then the ne- like, next game, you go out and you get beat by. Like, that's the thing about like the three point shot being such a big deal yeah. is blowouts. Like a fifty point win these days doesn't even feel like that big a deal. I don't mm-hmm. think. No. Whereas like I don't know, like ten years ago, if a team got beat by fifty. That had been, like, the top of the news for the, the next week or so. Yeah, 100%. And, like, Jaw getting hurt, I think. Mm-hmm. That really did all. Ruined. Yeah, when he got hurt, it was it was kind of game over. It kind of just fluctuated the air. Steph Curry like, benefits from injuries yet again. Yeah. <laughs> but another thing is game six, Clay. Let's talk about that for a second. You know, for the past five years, Clay has averaged over 25 points a game. He's averaged six to eight rebounds. Since 2015, I believe. I looked at a stat earlier. It was from 2015 to 2022. In the past X amount of years that he's played in the game six, it's over 25 points a game, six to eight rebounds per game, four assists per game. And, dude, those are all, like, if you think, like, last night he had 30 and eight. 30 points, mm-hmm. eight rebounds. That's huge. Like, Clay Thompson doesn't, he'll never be the old Clay Thompson. The Splash Brothers will never be the Splash Brothers again. They, they, they won't. And if you have a problem with me saying that, I don't really care. Anybody has a problem with that, I don't care. They will never be the Splash Brothers again. If you watch them actually play, they don't shoot like they used to. They don't take the same shots as they used to. They don't have the same energy or the same height that they used to. And it's just, they're getting older and all that stuff. But Splash Bros, I think this year, they may have a couple more years in them. But the Splash Brother era quote-unquote, is slowly crumbling. I mean, nearly the Splash Brothers era. And also, shout-out to Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis, yeah, the OG the Splash Brothers. supersonic Splash Brothers. Like, people, got, people forget about them. But in Golden State, it was really only two seasons. Because mm-hmm. I don't count, once KD came, that wasn't really the Splash Brothers. That was just KD pretty much changed how the whole team operated. Yeah. I mean, like it was a great two years. And it was it was a really short time on top for both of them. Mm-hmm. Then Clay with the injuries, honestly, he might be more of a splash brother now because he can't put the ball on the floor. Yeah, like all he can do is really catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. I felt bad for him though. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the one guy who never deserved that. And he's always my favorite player on these Warriors teams. Yeah. And you know, especially an injury like that, 
He's just so underappreciated. Yeah. Like, he's the second greatest shooter of all time. It just so happens that he plays with the first greatest shooter of all time. You think Clay's better than Ray Allen? Yeah. When did Ray Allen ever heat up and score 60 points, or like, 60 points in three quarters? That is true. Like, yeah, I, I would take Clay over Ray Allen. I heard that. Clay's had a couple, what, like, 14 three-point games? Mm-hmm. I think so. Like, it's crazy. Which, I mean, in Ray Allen's defense... They didn't shoot the three ball that much in yeah. his day, but but also playing with Paul Pierce, Rondo, and Garnett, like the ball wasn't always trying to be on the three point line. Yeah, you know, like did the ball was a lot in the paint. But another thing that comes with saying all that is like they definitely deserve everything that they've gotten. Besides injuries and stuff like that, I'm not saying that they deserve to be hurt or anything. But like the championships they did win, the credit and the. I guess, appreciation and hype that they got that mm-hmm. came with them doing those two years, three years, that they were just absolutely killing shit. They deserved all that. I, I do really think that they deserved it. I mean, yeah, they... And I clown on KD a lot for going go to Golden State, but I can't clown on Golden State for wanting KD. No, no. They set the perfect environment to attract him there, and they were the perfect pitch team. What they, they had... Okay, when you own a team, or you are in president or GM whatever the main goal is to win a championship obviously yeah. so if you gotta go get fucking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> and shoot a shot in his ass to make him 20 fucking years old again you're gonna do it you know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying like I don't care if you gotta get LeBron, KD, Steph, Clay I don't care who you gotta get just get me the damn championship and we'll, yeah. we'll be good we'll figure it out so like you're saying like you can't really beat down on the Warriors for going that route, but you can beat, beat KD down on KD for picking the easiest yeah. route out. Like that's another thing. No, there was one and this doesn't have anything to do with like modern sports but or like what's going on in sports right now, but I saw an article it was saying like is K D like a top ten player still after like getting swept in the first round? And I feel like People throw out this, oh, so-and-so is like a top 10, top 15 player. Without actually looking at who the top 10, 15 is, people forget how, like, stat that, like, lineup is. Yeah, that top like, 15, top 10, top 15 is no joke. Because I've seen people say, like, if Giannis wins another ring, like, he'll be top 10, top 15. And it's like, well, who's coming out? Yeah. They never say that in those articles. They always say, yeah, KD's top 10, but then who are you kicking off the list? Mm-hmm. Cause like in my list, I got Kobe tenth. Like, yeah. then it'll take a heck of a lot for Giannis to kick Kobe off the list. Like a lot. He still got fucking five still to ten years. I still don't have KD over Kobe. Yeah. Like so, I mean, whenever people, I was just thinking about this. Like whenever people say, "Oh, so and so is definitely top 10, Next time you either say that or hear somebody say it, ask him who's coming off the list. Yeah, like for real, and be like, okay, so you want him to be at number X. Like, do you who are you gonna take off? Who's your who is that X that you're taking out? Yeah, to replace the KD because yeah. I can guarantee you he is not better than that. Guy. Uh, he's like Tim Duncan, yeah. Kobe. Like, I can guarantee you he is not better than that guy. But no, I think our so far our predictions are holding up really well. We're at a seventy five percent success rate. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Phoenix wins, if Phoenix wins. And the Celtics win, I'm 100%. Yeah, Phoenix wins and the Bucks win, I'll beat 100. So yeah. if we could have just agreed on the Bucks and I Celtics, know, right? we could live and die together. We could. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. I'm just, I don't know, I'm really hoping that 
I don't know. I just I have that feeling, you know? When you get yeah. that feeling that you think the Celtics are just going to do something that they shouldn't. You know, this is kind of refreshing this season. Because this season and last season both, some of the first times the NBA champion wasn't just like a predictable thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I actually have no, like, any amount of teams could win the championship, mm-hmm. except for the Heat. Yeah, I don't see the Heat doing crap. Like, the Bucks. Jimmy Butler drops 50 a game, and like, I just don't see. Like, unless, yeah. I mean, I could see Phoenix winning if they pull things around. Yeah. I can see the Warriors. I could see the Bucks winning. Like, it just feels great to have competitive basketball again. Yeah, that's what's cool about it. And, like, these. Like what we were talking about earlier with Luca and D-Book going at it. Like, that's what makes it fun again. And one last NBA topic I actually to hit on. James Harden. He scared me for a second. We clowned on him a lot <laughs> last episode. <laughs> then he dropped, like, 28-something points a game. Yeah, and I was like, 31, ooh, jeez. 31 in game four and comes back, drops 11 in game five and doesn't shoot but twice in the second half. Thank you, James Harden. We will be tagging you in our post. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, his stat line literally goes uh, 16, 20, 17, 31, 14, 11. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that 11 point game, like, you could tell he didn't want to be there. No. He kept looking up at the scoreboard, wondering how much time was left in the clock. Like, yeah. And it's like Embiid said, he's not, he won't be James Harden ever again. I can't remember. He exactly. won't be Houston he won't be James same. Harden. Yeah, ever He again. said, Houston James Harden, that guy's gone. Yeah. He's not wrong. He's not I mean, wrong. I'm glad Joel and Bede can recognize that. I do want to ask you one thing, though. Where do you see the future of the 76ers? Do you see them keeping James Harden, keeping the Embiid, obviously, and keeping what they have and trying to work with it through Doc Rivers? Or do you see them completely fading James Harden, getting rid of him? Like, what do you see right there? Well, first, I'll counter your question with a question of my own. Did you see Doc Rivers is the favorite for the Lakers head coaching spot? I did not. I thought the 76ers president of operations of basketball said that he was staying. So I kind of figured he would. He might stay, but there has been rumors yeah. that he could go to the Lakers. That would be crazy. Too. Either way, if I'm 76ers management, I'm calling James Harden and I'm saying, look, man, and Joel Embiid can be there too if you want to have unity with the stars. But going forward, you got it. One. Take care of yourself. Yeah, work out. James Harden, those days of going to Magic City and hanging out with Lil Baby until 3 in the morning. Like, the studios and stuff yeah, like, like that. Like, that's got to be done. Did you hear him on the podcast not so long ago? It may not even been a podcast. It's like an interview or something. He was talking about how when he was playing, I can't remember who he was playing for, but he would be hit up by these rappers and stuff like that. And next thing you know, he'd be staying out in the club till 3, 4 in the morning, got practice at 7. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you're 26, 27, you can do that. But you're, like, 32. Yeah, like those, you can't. He, I, I'm saying you got to cut that out, yeah. eat right, work out. You can tell James Harden's not a fitness machine <laughs> by, any, by any stretch of the imagination. Do you remember when those pictures of him came out? Of yeah. Of him in the jumpsuit? <laughs> or him in the suits? He, the yeah. Warm-up suits for the game? Dude looked like he was 310. 280, 310. And then he lost it all and he went to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. He's found a little bit. Oh, and another question I want to ask you, and this is kind of bouncing off the 76ers, is where do you think Brooklyn's going to go? Like, do you think Ben Simmons will come back and actually be somebody? Do you think Kyrie will figure his crap out? Do you think KD will stay? Like, what do you think? I think it's kind of the same approach. Mm -hmm. Well, with the Sixers, either, yeah, ask James Harden to get in shape, and if he says, 
no, or if, if he straight up says no, respect to him for being honest, but yeah. trade him. And if he says he will but doesn't, trade him. And the same thing with Kyrie. I don't know if you saw the Brooklyn's coach or GM one. He was talking about uh, Kyrie's future with the team. And he said, look, this goes for Kyrie and everybody. We're going to have to sit down and see, are you committed? Will you be here? Will you take care of yourself? All this mm-hmm. same stuff the Sixers should talk about with James Harden applies to Kyrie. And if he won't do it, Kyrie said he's all in in Brooklyn. And he said that. He said that with the Celtics, too. Yeah. So it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to be about it. Yeah. And if, like, over the off season, get some team workouts in, and if he shows up, if he's there doing his thing, then I don't see why they couldn't run it back one more year. Yeah. But if he's giving you any indication he's being wishy-washy, cut him loose. Get him out. Yep. What do you think? I'm right there with you. I mean, you, you I couldn't explain it better than you did right there. I really couldn't. That was exactly what I was going to say pretty much. I would... The whole Ben Simmons and Kyrie and the whole net situation, really, is I think it's a lot more difficult than the 76ers because of the amount of money and the amount of, you know, how investment, expect, investment, but also the amount of expectation you have. Don't get me wrong. James Harden, Joel Embiid, you're to the ceiling expecting, I mean, that's where you are. You expect the highest you can get from there. But with the uh, Nets... It's like, dude, I've got James Hart, or I've got Ben Simmons, Kyrie, I've got KD. Like, dude, I'm up, I'm up at the moon with my expectations. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. past the ceiling. I'm, I'm well, they've the been sky. the favorites for the championship last year and, and this, this year. year. That's what I'm saying, and they're still not there. So it's like, that's why it's a little bit harder in the net situation. I feel like because all you got to do is sit down with James Harden and Joel Embiid. If they're not on the same page, you get them on the same page. They can't get on the same page. That's fine. I'm keeping Joel Embiid, James, get your ass out of here. Yeah. Like, that's just as simple as that. But with the Nets, it's so hard because I feel like, for one, obviously you, you want to keep KD. Like, you don't want him in any of the drama or bull crap that comes with this. But Kyrie, missing, what, 50-something games, 40-something games. Half, because, half the yeah, games. Half the games because he couldn't go anywhere because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Respect to that, you know, your choice, your your all that crap. I get it. Ben Simmons, he's his back and his mental block he's going through. Cut the bullshit. Like, if I'm the Nets, I'm literally sitting both of them down. Cut your crap. You're either going to figure it out now. You're either going to work out with us. You're either going to come to every practice, come to every game. You're going to be a team player. You're going to do what you're supposed to do. And we're going to pay you. And we're going to be fine. But if you can't do that, hey, go get your ticket. Here you go. We're sending you out to Utah. We're sending you out to Chicago, baby. NBA Siberia. Yeah, like, for real. And that's... That's what it comes down to with, I feel like that's what it comes down to with the Nets. Like, and it's the same thing, but just a lot more of complicated. Yeah, parts. complications come with that. Guy. All right, so three things popped in my head while you were talking. One, speaking of mental blocks, whatever happened to Markel Fultz? Remember in his oh, jump man. shot, he, he was he like plays. in therapy for his jump. Does he still play? Yeah, he plays in the league. He got traded from the Magic. Like, Dude. that's got to be the biggest bust, bust I've ever, ever Besides, seen. Um, like, no injuries involved, really, I don't think. Like, Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, like, obviously you got those legends, but... Like, Markel Fultz is just... He plays with the Magic this. now. He went to Philly, but now he plays with the Magic. And he's just done absolutely nothing. nothing. No, not a thing. And uh, speaking of doing nothing, 
the Clippers are the only team I can think of that challenged the Nets for like the most like underperforming super team ever. Oh God, yeah. Like remember Kawhi came and Paul George, he was gonna mm-hmm. run LA. Never got the Battle of LA. Didn't even make the playoffs this year. Kawhi's stays injured. What do you think about the Clippers? What they should do going forward? They they have a lot. Like you need to figure out the Kawhi and PG situation first. You know, you gotta make sure Kawhi's okay. You gotta make sure PG's okay. You gotta make sure they want to come back. You gotta make sure you're giving them what they want and what they also need. Not necessarily just want what they need. They need help. Like they need a a good point guard, a solid point guard. Reggie Jackson ain't gonna cut it. Yeah, he ain't gonna cut it. To me, I I feel bad for Reggie Jackson. He's the definition of a mediocre NBA player. No, oh, God. Where it's like, if you just hear Reggie Jackson, you think, eh, he's, he's, he's fine. He's all right. <laughs> it's like eating, like, a pork chop for dinner. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah, okay, okay. Like, yeah. I ain't going to complain, but... I mean, you could do a lot better. Yeah, like, they, they've got a lot to figure out, I feel like. And if you're the Nets, do you think KD is going to stay? I don't, see him. I, don't, I don't know where he'd go. And he does have a history of whenever things kind of start to go hard on him, kind of flake out. Oh, dive and catch. Sorry, we're watching some college baseball right now. While that, while Garrett was talking, I was watching dive and catch. LSU. Uh, yeah. I don't know where KD would go. But, but yeah, I don't either. I have, that's my biggest thing is if he was to leave, where is he going? I he should have anybody paying, who's going to pay what he wants. Go back to Golden State. Go to LA. <laughs> Go to the LeBron, LeBron and AD are not reunite with Russell Westbrook. That would be crazy. Imagine Westbrook, LeBron, AD, and KD. I wouldn't know what to do. It's funny. As much as I like hate on super teams and stuff, mm-hmm. the thought of that is like I kind of want to see how that would work out. Yeah, be so cool now. But, uh, did you see what Phil Jackson said? He said the Lakers should trade LeBron and keep Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard Mm -hmm. a top five coach of all time say. For sure. I mean, that's just. I say trade both of them. (laughs) I'd have to. I don't know. My biggest thing with LeBron, he's getting so washed up. Like he's getting so old now. It's just. It's sad. It is. He honestly, he needs to go to a team. I know this is. He said he wants to play with Bronny. This is his last year with the Lakers. He needs to go to a team where they have two young pieces, like the Celtics. Like, they have a young core, and he can be like the mentor vet, but still drop like 25 like games. Yeah. Like, imagine if you trade out Al Horford for LeBron on the Celtics. Celtics would be unstoppable. Yeah. Now, somebody's going to have to take a pay cut for that to work, but... I mean, LeBron makes his money in endorsements. A lot of it's, too. That's crazy these days how, like... These players don't even make most of their money from their contracts. Mm-mm, no, they've got so many endorsements and sponsors, like it's insane. Like LeBron could take the vet minimum for the next five years and still be worth four hundred million. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know, that's that stuff blows my mind when you get deep into like the contracts and all that stuff and like how much money is really being thrown around. That's wild, especially when like it'll come out. Oh my gosh, so and so just signed the biggest contract and. NBA or NFL history, mm-hmm. and then that record gets broken the, <clears throat> next, yeah, the year. next year. Like, like it doesn't even matter to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Like, it's like this is like for football, for example. The uh, <coughs> the Browns signed. I think it's a hundred twenty million dollar contract. Hundred twenty. It's a lot of dang money for a cornerback, a defensive yeah. back, and it's like 
Bro, <laughs> you get paid how much for this player? Just Deion just Sanders player? is pissed right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, just for that. And I saw that not so long ago. I was just mind-boggled at the fact that they're spending hundreds and millions of dollars on a player who, like, he's good, but yeah. he really doesn't have that, like that much. Like, he doesn't do that much as to where he needs. I mean, if he's getting three interceptions a game, mm-hmm. scoring on two of them, that's fine. I'll give him $100 million every year he wants it. I don't care. But yeah. if he ain't giving me three interceptions a game, then... But yeah, I've, I've noticed lately, though, the stars of, like, I guess from our era growing up, like, Harden's washed, CP3's looking washed, Westbrook's washed. Like, they're really starting to age out. And the new generation... Bad. No, it's, it's already but, begun, but it's, it's, it's yeah, it, it begun. But it's really starting to take off. It begun in twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's really when, and I, in all seriousness, after LeBron Love. won in Cleveland, after he won in Cleveland, and he did all his crap, all that stuff is when it started going. I know that was twenty sixteen, but it started going down. Well, you're saying basically when he left Cleveland, yeah, it, was it started going down downhill quick for him, and it hasn't really gotten any better. You know, they haven't really done crap since the bubble. No, I've got, not, I feel like we always somehow end up talking about LeBron, but while we're on the subject, <laughs> I feel like his Lakers career has been a big disappointment. Like, they managed that one bubble championship, yeah, which it's a ring, it counts. Everybody but, was so trash down there tonight. You were playing a bunch of dope heads. <laughs> like, there's no way, even with that ring, when he leaves the Lakers, they're going to say, you know what, this was a success. This is awesome. Because yeah, no. that's like, the only year they made the well, they made the playoffs last year, but the only year he's made it past the first round as a Laker, he's missed the playoffs twice, first round exit and championship. Yeah. But speaking of uh, just other stuff, we got to cover. What do you think about Canelo getting beat? Oh, dude, that was insane. UFC and boxing had a really good last weekend. Like they had a really good fight last weekend. You know, Justin Gaethje with. UFC getting beat by Charles Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler TKO and the guy was Tony Ferguson with his foot mm-hmm. you know but it's a great weekend overall for fights and like combat sports in general but I do I do think that I was very surprised at the fact that Canelo got beat you know I mean I never really expected somebody to come out there and just absolutely melee him the way that guy did and just own the fight in general so that guy in question is. Dimitri Bivol and it was a 12 round unanimous decision and yeah Canelo I think that really hurts boxing in my opinion because as we talked about him and Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury who are the only names in boxing Mm -hmm. Anthony Joshua's got beat by a bunch of no names so many times that he's kind of did his career I mean dude if you think about it the next the next name that everybody thinks about when it comes to boxing, Jake Paul. If you think about it, and that's what's yeah. sad. That is very sad for the sport. That you got all these, you got Devin Haney, which people usually people don't even really know who he is. I mean, if you do, kudos yeah. to you. But he fights under Floyd. You know, he's, he's a contract fighter mm-hmm. under Floyd. He's amazing. That's insanely fast hands. You got Gervonta Davis, the tank. He's insane. Stronger than like stronger than in. Ox, he's yeah. insanely strong. He's small. He's super fast. Like you said, Wilder. You got Canelo, but and Fury. You got five people. And Canelo are, just got beat by somebody I'd never exactly, heard of until exactly. I read the Sports so like, Center. Now, if you don't know those five names, 
and somebody just said, oh, who's your favorite boxer, you know? Nine times out of ten, these days, people are going to say, oh, Jake Paul, probably I've only seen him fight. I don't pay attention to what he's doing, you know? And it's because people in boxing, like, they don't, I feel like they don't care anymore. Like, the WBC no. is just not. It's crap. It's, it's so bad. Because, like, I didn't even know Canelo was fighting until, like, two days before, before the fight. Happened, yeah. And it's just, they're so bad at promoting. Because they don't have any people, aside from Tyson Fury, with personality. Yeah. Like, if you look at the UFC, they're doing great. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor has more personalities in his pinky finger than Canelo Albert, which a lot of us the language barrier. Because mm-hmm. Canelo, I, don't, I know he speaks for the translator. And whenever I've seen him speak, he's got subtitles. I don't know if he, like, doesn't speak good English or if it's not at all. He doesn't speak but good at all. But it's hard for that unfortunately to appeal to an American audience mm-hmm. which is where boxing kind of makes his money yeah. and then like Tyson Fury he's got personality but that's just one guy yeah one like, guy can't do it all I mean with UFC you know they have the weigh-ins and stuff like that and it always seems like somebody's going at somebody's neck yeah. and that's what makes it really cool it's, it's got like, that like, WB aspect mm-hmm. of it where like you know they're just doing it to get to people. entertain people yeah. In well, when it comes to fighting, they want to go yeah. in there and absolutely kill each other. And that's what's cool about the UFC. It's like that's what you gotta love about the UFC over boxing simply is just because how much they care for the fights and how much they you know promote market, it. Promote yeah. it, marketing and all their stuff that comes with it. I just think that <clears throat> boxing fell off when Mike Tyson and all of them were done. Like it just it I, I would same. say Floyd. Yeah, when Floyd yeah, when Floyd was around yeah, yeah. But even then it was like you have two faces yeah. of boxing, which was Floyd and Pacquiao. That's all it was for like an X amount of years. And I now mean, there's no one. There's literally the, no one. The Klitschko brothers dominated the heavyweight division, but it's one that they're like in America and they're Russian. Yeah, so they exactly. didn't really have like, they weren't over here. Like you don't see them hanging out with the other top celebrities. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, look, boxing superstars, as good of boxers as they are, they're not the celebrities they used to be. Yeah. Like in the 90s, Mike Tyson was hanging out with Maddie Johnson. He was making the front page headlines. You knew who Mike Tyson was. Yep. Like Tyson Fury, when was the last time you saw him like on Sports Center or hanging out with like LeBron James <laughs> and <their> stuff? <laughs> yeah. like, they're just not as big of figures as they used to be. Yeah. Which is sad. But let's let's get to talking about one other thing is uh, the baseball no hitter, the first no hitter of twenty twenty. To baseball season, it came from the Angels. It was a damn good no hitter. I will give them that. And I mean, Reed, all no hitters not the same. They are, but Reed Detmers yeah. is his name. He's twenty two year old. I just think that dude. That's young for a no hitter. That's insane. That's like that's like this time in three four months. That's like me going out there throwing a no hitter like. <laughs> Somebody my our age, that's like our that's like Tate going out there and throwing a no hitter in the MLB. Like, I love how I just love that so much. You know how the young guys are finally getting their name and they're finally getting the chance to to be somebody. That's that's freaking dope. No, it, it is cool. Especially I don't know, just a no hitter that young. That's like a lot of people that's the peak of their career. Yeah. And a lot of great players never have a no hitter. Like no. Dude, I'm, he's just getting started. That's what's crazy about it. It's like, he's just getting started. Maybe it, it was a little luck and God on his side. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Kind of need that. I would see, like, a name or anything before this. Or? 
No. Not at all. He, I think on the app that we use, Ryan and I, it's prize picks. You know, you, you bet the over-under on strikeouts, hits, total bases, hits and walks, that kind of stuff. He was to have four and a half strikeouts that night. So they projected mm-hmm. him at four and a half for like one of his first starts. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't even thinking of it. Like, dude, who is this guy? Dang sure wasn't thinking he's going to go out there and throw a no-hitter. And the next thing you know, I get the notification. And I'm like, dude, of course. Like, you know, I picked Wander Franco. He played for the Rays. They got no hit. I'll expect him to at least get a half a base. You know, but old buddy throws a no-hitter. And that's an, it's just, I don't know. I love being able to see the young guy come out and just absolute melee everyone. No, it is good to see the next generation take over. Especially the Angels seem like they have a lot of stuff coming up the pipe. They got this kid, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, like they got they got they got some good people for real. They they really and I feel so bad for Mike Trout because he's never had help. Like he's never like yeah, we're gonna play off none of that. That's so bad. How are how do the Angels have so much? Seemingly, like him and Shohei have been on the same team for like yeah. years now. One How have they never like done anything with that? Well, last year it was Shohei's like breakout first season, season like yeah. his first year in Major League Baseball. Like he was just getting used to everything and stuff. And you know, Trout still did what Trout does. He's still continuing to do what Trout does. And I think he'll go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, baseball player of all time. Top ten? No, no, number one. I think Mike Trout has the ability but, okay, to be number one of all time. The best or the greatest? Remember we talked about this distinction before. Would you say number one for both, or are you trying to say he's the best baseball player of all time? He's the best baseball player of all time. Okay. So not the GOAT, but the BOAT. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Like, dude, Mike Trout was well, no, you, like, like, as the greatest. My time. example for... It, it, at least for our, for our generation. Yeah. He'll be the greatest of all time. I'm like, to me, like, the best versus the greatest is when you can step back and say, okay, like, is, like, Kyrie Irving a more talented point guard than Oscar Robertson? Yes. Mm-hmm. But he's not, gra- he's not yeah. greater than Oscar Robertson. Yeah. So where it's, it's like Babe Ruth wise, it's like if Babe Ruth has seven fourteen home runs and then X amount of yeah. championships, stuff like that, Mike Trout only has six hundred and seventy and mm. no rings. Yeah, of course you're gonna say Babe Ruth is better statistically, but just as an overall, the way you change the game, the way you played the game, the way you come out, the way you okay. If you're gonna use Babe Ruth as the argument, you can't say Mike Trout changed the game more than Babe oh, Ruth. Um, but like, dude, I'm just saying. In our generation, yeah, yeah. In our generation, Mike Trout is the greatest player of all time. Yeah, for sure. It's like in our generation, even even though like even back then, like I I would put him over ninety percent of the players from well, yeah, from when baseball first started to wherever where I would put him, I would say Mike Trout. He's probably gonna be the greatest player, but greatest. Of all time, not in our generation. I think he will go down as the greatest player of all time. Bold take. Yeah, I do. I believe that he is. He's shown it. You know, every year he sh- he continues to show it. Granted, playoffs and no rings, no playoff mm-hmm. wins. I get that. Can't really. Baseball is not one of those sports exactly. where you can yeah. ring count. See, and that's another thing too. Is like, statistically speaking, over the last fifty years, he's been the greatest hitter of all time. Statistically speaking. Better than Barry Bonds? Better than. Hmm. Better average. Better war. Better OPS. All of that stuff. He's better than. So, 
granted, like we were saying, you can't ring count all this. That's fine. But statistics, Mike Trout's number backs it up better than anybody I've ever seen before. That's what blows my mind. It's like of the big three in our lifetimes, who do you say is the best player? Trout, LeBron, and Brady? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Of our generation, yeah. That's, that's... And I feel like we always have the go to base and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you really can't judge can't. players you didn't watch. And so I would say, like, like, you know, like, we can sit and talk about Michael Jordan's the mm-hmm. greatest and all this, but I've never seen a live Michael Jordan basketball game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, all we can really talk about is, like, the reputation that he has and the highlights yeah, we've seen. What he and, like, through. a couple episodes of Hardwood Classics that we watched. Yeah. Like. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so whenever I try to have debates and stuff like that, I always try to, one, just, you know, judge who we've actually seen play. Mm-hmm. And also, I try to break it down. Like, NBA, I think, if you're going to try to compare players and stuff, you got to do before and after the three-point line. Because, yeah. like, you can't compare, like, Oscar Robertson to Kyrie because mm-hmm. Oscar Robertson never had a three-point You know, it's completely changed the, the dynamics of the game. different game. Baseball, you can't compare dead ball era and a lively ball era, yeah. which, uh, which, I mean, that's still 100 years worth of player comparisons you can have. But yeah, they didn't start. The, Babe Ruth was the one who kind of was the reason they got rid of the dead ball. Because after the Black Sox scandal, the attendance was down so bad, they thought the league could go under, so they needed to attract crowds. They put a little bit of you know pump in the ball, mm-hmm. and then Babe Ruth started hitting home runs, and people yeah, started yeah. save the game of baseball. Like yeah. how people say Sosa McGuire saved it in the 90s, yeah. Babe Ruth saved it in the 20s. Yep. And I don't know about football, what would be like a good cutoff. I guess, I don't know, the rough and the passer, all that stuff. Yeah, like the way the penalties are now. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't have fun watching an NFL game anymore because if you get if somebody gets hit the wrong way, it's an automatic penalty. It takes 15 minutes for them to call it. Like, it's just... Well, I was listening to them talk about on Fox Sports last night how these days the receivers will go down the middle yeah. and stuff. And they said, dude, if in the nineties, you were in the eighties, Ray Lewis would be waiting. Lawrence Taylor would have, yeah, they would be waiting for you to go across that middle you, of the field. You make your hands, day. your hands barely touch the ball. <laughs> you lose everything. Everything in your manhood is gone at that point. Dude, I would have loved to have seen Lawrence Taylor in his prime. That dude, mm-hmm. you know what? I would go ahead and forecast this. I'm going to do him for my performance of the day next week. We got to give LT some love. But I think that about hits everything we got for y'all this week. Yeah, Be sure to up. yeah follow us on everything. Let us know what you think. Yep. We'll see y'all. See you.